Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Expert to Authority show. My name is Simone Vincenzi. I'm your host. And this is the show for coaches, speakers, and trainers who want to grow their businesses while making an impact in the world. And today we have an incredible episode where we are talking about list building in particular with our guests. So stay tuned. Now, few housekeeping here before we start. Number one, if you are new to the show, make sure you stay until the end. And if you like this episode, then consider subscribing and also leaving us a review. Review are the lifeblood of every podcast. So make sure you help us out. Uh, the second thing is also uh, to share. If you like the podcast, make sure you share it. And the third one, if you scroll down in the resources, you will see our webinar conversion kit. So if you're one of the few people that didn't get a copy of the webinar conversion kit, and you want to create a high converting webinar presentation in less than three hours, it's going to take three hours to create your entire webinar presentation from start to finish, then get the webinar conversion kit. It's only $30. Check it out and is in the show notes. I've said what I got to say. Now, if, you, if, if you're familiar with me and I look like a homeless right now, it's because I'm trying to grow my beard. It's a new experiment. So I'm in this fuzzy phase where... I just like, uh, yeah, I, I even don't like it. I don't know where to look. So we'll see what's going to come out of it. Okay. So follow, subscribe. So then you can see my beers update as well. Now let's introduce our guest today, which is uh, Dallas Travers. Um, we're going to talk about her ripple effect system to grow online business and if you're a coach who serves everyday people and you need to connect and to know Dallas Travers because their ripple effect system teaches the exact step to attract paying clients, build your list daily, then scale your business with a course so you never again have to ask, what should I do today? Uh, Dallas, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm uh, sold now. I'm subscribed. I'm doing all the things so I can watch your beard growth. This is great. Uh, that, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I feel incredibly self-conscious. It's one okay. of these things where I feel incredibly self-conscious about what's going on in my face. And yeah. uh, somehow <laughs> it's going to look, uh, my, my vision is that it's going to look all right and something nice, but we'll see. It's, it's, a new, it's a new style. My husband started growing a beard last year and now it's probably down to his collarbone. It is long and I love it. I love it. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. please tell my wife because she's like, oh, it's so prickly. Just don't want to kiss you anymore. I'm like, oh, thank you. I love you too. Uh, so <laughs> send a message to my wife that there will. is hope on the other side. Yes, there's hope. <laughs> there, it's true. It's true. <laughs> right. Let's get straight into it. Mm -hmm. uh, um, first question I ask all my guests is uh, to share a tool or a practice or a book or an app, something that you use in your life or business that made a profound difference and is so good that people need to know about it. I love what that you asked this question. Thank you so much. So uh, probably about three years ago, I've been in business almost 20 years. So I was very late to the game with this tool, but it has completely shifted everything really for my team. And that is keeping a weekly scorecard. So every Monday, my team and I meet and we all are responsible for tracking different metrics 
and they all get put on a scorecard. So we're looking at how many new members into my program we got. We're looking at landing page conversions. We're looking at how, how well our Instagram performs, podcast downloads. It's a pretty large list. And by reviewing the scorecard every week, what we are able to do is solve problems before they even happen and identify where in our process we can improve things. And what I found without a scorecard, everything, Simone felt, felt like anecdotal, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're feeling good about our progress. This, we got this fun email from someone, so things must be going well. Yeah. And then it's really easy to solve the wrong problems if you're not tracking individual metrics. So if you're not keeping a scorecard or if this idea is brand new to you as a listener, a great place to start with scorecards is to begin tracking your actions. Because I think a lot of, especially newer coaches, we spend a lot of time thinking about our business, but not necessarily doing the things to move the needle forward. Mm -hmm. So just beginning by tracking your actions, it will illuminate what to focus on, what to let go of, and where to really, uh, where to really go deeper. I love it. I'm curious, is there a particular action that, because of course you're tracking multiple things between you and your team, mm -hmm. but is there one in particular that by tracking and by focusing on that activity will make the biggest difference in your business this year? Yeah. Our number of email subscribers, which is great because I know we're going to talk a little bit uh, more about list building later, but I can connect. I'll give a concrete example. Um, Last month we launched, we did a, we have a mini course that we launch once or twice a year. It's called Client Surge. And we got to 70% of our goal. We did not hit our enrollment goal. And I know exactly why. Mm. We did not build, we didn't meet our list building goal for the year. Yeah. So it, it doesn't, it really does not matter. For me, it all connects back to list growth. And then, so now we're looking at list growth and that connects back to habit. So I'll tell you why our list didn't grow as much as I wanted it to last year. That happened because we had some turnover on our team and didn't really have a team member whose job it was to carry the list building torch. Mm. So list building was this concept. Yes, it was a priority, but it was a responsibility that didn't land on one person's lap and it showed. And so, and that's a great lesson, not only for what to focus on, because uh, I 100% with you, you want to meet your revenue goals, meet your list goals. Yeah. And if you don't have list goals, get these goals in the first place. Yes. <laughs> that's, right? and that's foundation. So true. So your true. sales will come from your list. That's why I'm really excited about the conversation we're going to get in a moment. I'll share with you mine. The number one thing that I'm tracking in my scorecard, in my list of activities, is uh, building partnerships. For me, that's where I've got my partnership goal and that's on my list and that's my number one priority. I know that if we build the right partnerships, then everything else is going to happen because our entire business model is built on partnership and that's what we really focus on. And again, um, a couple of years ago, I didn't focus much on that and it showed. Yeah. And it showed. So now I know, like, that's my thing. We need to build them and to have two active partnerships every month. And that's, the, and if we have more than that, this month we have four, for example, great. Awesome. We got two, we're good. If we go one, mm. something's not right. So yeah. I, I love this idea. Right, awesome. but tell, me, tell me a bit more about how, how did you get started? How did you get going into 
being passionate about lead generation and building your business. Uh, yeah. Thank you for asking. So my first business was, um, um, I was a career coach for actors. So I basically taught actors entrepreneurial skills. And this was like an earth shattering niche. No one had ever was doing it before I was doing it. And so it was actually pretty easy for me to build a list and build a following. It was a really successful business and it was a low price point, high volume business model. So I really had to prioritize visibility and list building all the time with that kind of business model. Um, and what I found was over time, I had coaches like tap me on the shoulder and ask, could I, could they hire me to teach them to do what I had built in this very specific niche? So there was an evolution that occurred where I became less and less interested in the entertainment industry, to be honest, and more and more invested in helping change makers because that's what coaches are. So in, about three years ago now, I closed down my very successful business serving actors and made the pivot to mentor other coaches. And I'm passionate about it for so many reasons. But for me, one of my core values is this thing that I call spark. Mm. It's that moment where we did the scary thing or accomplished the big goal or took a risk. And that action in real time changed how we see ourselves. A good example is when my daughter taught herself to ride a bike. She's mm -hmm. eight now, but she was five when she, or maybe six, when she taught herself to ride a bike. And that morning she was a kid with training wheels. And that afternoon she was cruising down the street all by herself. And her confidence and self-image was different when she went to bed that night. And I live for those spark moments. And as coaches, what we do is create containers for spark to happen. Yes, that's totally true. Absolutely. Yeah. You're before you were doing it for actors. Mm -hmm. That's a common thing. That's the, before you were creating this for actors and now for other coaches. Uh, I'm curious, uh, how was the transition for you from that business to the more like business consulting? Was that seamless? Because I can relate. Uh, we used to run seminars on helping people finding their purpose. That's how my company started. Mm -hmm. And then we built it. We were running it. Uh, about like 200 events a year at some point. Wow. One of them. Yeah, we did a thousand events in five years. It, it was insane. And wow. then a lot of people, they were saying, okay, how do, do you do it? Can you help us out? And so then we transitioned the business model because I became more interested in business than purpose. And mm -hmm. that was my personal evolution. I'm curious, how was that transition for you? Was it seamless? Was it a bit bumpy? Was it? Yeah, you know, when I look back on it, it's interesting because I am not risk averse and yet I knew that I needed to make the move probably at least two, if not three years before I got the courage to make the move. And for me, I was really worried about leaving this audience of actors high and dry. I was like, my ego was too big, I think, right? Like, what will they do without me? <laughs> They're never going to be able to survive. <laughs> But then I realized that I had no business doing that work anymore because I didn't even own a television at that point. So I was not as connected or invested in the entertainment industry as a marketing expert in that arena yeah. needed to be. So it actually began to feel out of integrity 
for me to make the move. So as soon as I actually decided, instead of like having that intuition that sometime in the future, this transition would happen and I just decided to do it, it was probably three months later and I've never, ever looked back. So getting to the decision was arduous, but once the decision was made, like I know how to build a business, right? So actually doing it was easy. And that year, that was 2018, I made the exact same amount of revenue that I had the year before with an entirely new business and new audience mm-hmm. um, because the, there was alignment for me, right? Yeah. And I, had, I know how to put the building box, blocks in place to... There is a lot to be said about uh, business success, uh, aligning with uh, where you're, what's important for you mm-hmm. and what uh, you feel is relevant and in fact, sometimes you will you will see that some businesses in the coaching industry or other industries, they will go really well for a while. And then somehow they just things don't click, this, the opportunities don't happen. And there is definitely a lot to be said about a personal shift that yes. needs to happen to match then other opportunities to come. So uh, that's that's a great, a great, great conversation on this. I, I want to go now into the online space. So specialize in building online businesses in particular, so in the online space. So what do you think is the number one reason why like, coaches fail online? I've got my thoughts on this, but I'm curious, <laughs> what's your take? What's the number one reason why they fail online? Yeah, I think there is this unconscious agreement that you launch an online business and somehow it's this cash cow right away. Like I start my business, I'm going to scale and live on the beach. Isn't that what people do? (laughs) So I think the reason why most coaches fail is they're not, they don't spend enough time in the beginning building really strong foundations, a rock solid message so that you stand out in like the sea of sameness. I have a client who says that all the time. Also a rinse and repeat formula to bring in clients because it's working with private clients where we test our marketing. We figure out our signature system, all of these things that set us up to scale later. So I see coaches all the time who sign up for a course about launching a course. Let's say Mm -hmm. they implement that course. They launch two people sign up and they decide that they're a failure So they go and try to find a brand new solution. So they're starting from scratch over and over again, rather than building their business out in layers. So inside my program, it's called The Hive. We just talk about how habits are sexy, right? They're totally boring. I get it. But if you can just focus on repeatable actions rather than skipping to this dream, a lot of people sell right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you will actually become successful much more swiftly if you spend some time in the beginning. How, how do you make it sexy though, the habits? Because of course, uh, people that start their business, you know, we, we want the dream. That's why we'd go. We don't sign up uh, and say, oh, I really want to send an email a day for the rest of my life. This is not, <laughs> <laughs> this is not what right. I signed up for, right? But this is what makes things work. Uh, oh, I, I wish I could post on social media every day on 10 different platforms because it's so beautiful. Right. It's not, it's not the ca- How do you make it sexy? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you're going to like my answer, 
but mm-hmm. there are certain parts of the job that are necessary and intentionally unsexy. So letting go of the expectation that everything we do has to feel good, right? And has to look flashy will make it easier. And then the other thing is spend some time really clarifying your values and play the game of infusing your values into every action that you take, right? So one of my, I mentioned it earlier, but one of my core values is this concept of spark. Mm -hmm. So how do I bring spark into that email that I'm writing every week? And I can do that right? We can really lead with our values. And when our values are infused into all of the actions, they may never feel sexy, but they're going to feel more purposeful. And most of the coaches I know are coaches because of their purpose, not because that's the number one reason. I'll say it that way. Well, I uh, I think uh, I'm in absolute agreement with what you said, 100%, Mm -hmm. where it doesn't have to be sexy. And uh, and I think that also you go it through different stages. And I've been running GTEx for ten years mm-hmm. and uh, been in the coaching business for twelve. What I enjoyed at the beginning is very different from what I enjoy doing now. Yeah, and so there point. is this pace of evolution. And I spent the last year really like I had an emotional breakdown. I've been quite public about that. I was like just want to close everything. I want to shut down everything right now. <laughs> I was at that place and that helped me identify and understand and really reflect on where am I at my best? Mm-hmm. How can I create an environment around me where even the things that I hate doing that I either cannot outsource or I'm not in a position to outsource because depending on what it is, then everyone has a business. Then, or I still want to, or I still be, I need to do something before I can outsource them. That's the other right. option. Mm-hmm. How can I create an environment around me that gets me to actually enjoy that particular action? And so for me, one of the things I love working with other people. Yeah. I can do the most boring thing, but if I'm in a good mood and if I'm around good people, I get it done and I actually have a good time doing it. So it's almost like there is a lot the think the, the level of self-awareness then here becomes uh, really crucial to understand it like you said for you is spark yes uh, for right. me community right uh, what is for someone else what's your take on that yeah i think i i agree with you and i think that it's easy when we get into the day-to-day of running a business whether you know i've had a business for 21 years now right? And there's been different incarnations along the way. Or whether you're brand new, we have to remember that we have agency. We have choices. So choose the, choose to show up in the way that enlivens you. And I don't care if you're running payroll or scrubbing your email list. I'm trying to think of some of the worst actions. <laughs> we, I can choose how I show up to that. And when I have that awareness of choice, the things that are a drag are a little bit less of a drag. But I want to say something else here because I think it's related and I'd love your thoughts. Especially for new-ish coaches, I think it's really easy to build a business based on what we think people will buy Mm -hmm. rather than building a business or focusing on a niche that's really values-driven and purposeful for us. 
And I don't know about you, but it's really hard to sell for me something that I don't feel a heart connection to. If I feel connected to it, I can sell it all day long. So I think that's related too, because if you're choosing a niche because it seems easy or it's what people want, mm. the work to actually build a business around that is so much more challenging than choosing a niche that may feel like, oh, this feels risky. But if it's meaningful to you, you're going to be willing to show up and do the exciting work, but also do the work that just needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, we, I, I'm half, half with you. And maybe there is a completion to that. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I think that there needs to be the connection. So that's the first, the first part, but also there needs to be the financial availability, viability, mm -hmm. because uh, there are in particular in the coaching space, people that they rather run charities than business, but they want to run a business. And so the person that you, that you work with that you want to work with they gotta be able to pay and so i like to see from my point of view the like the heart the heart connection mm -hmm. and then see okay with the with the space that i'm connected with who are the people that can pay me the most money <laughs> so now i can combine both that's yeah yeah that's my philosophy or what's the business model that allows me to price my offer in a way that the people i really want to help can step forward that's another way that's another way to see it so audience you be the judge yeah <laughs> what's, what's gonna be what's your way what's your way now let's talk about list building sure let's talk about list building many different ways to build the list many different ways to skin a cat. You talk, everyone that you talk to is going to give you different things and different activities to do. What I liked about our conversation earlier is how mm -hmm. practical and tangible and um, easy as well the steps that you are going to share are. And so I'll let you talk about different ways of building a list because mm -hmm. this becomes a, a big, big foundation, as we mentioned at the beginning, on yeah. creating revenues. So. Over yeah, to sure. So inside the Hive, we practice the ripple effect system. And I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but that first layer is getting your message in place so that you can basically snap your finger and sign a private client whenever you need. That is the foundation. So once you're in a, in a place where you're confident in your ability to find a new client, then it's time to really look at how you can be more visible, and how you can grow a following. So with list building, I've done all the things, right? The five-day challenges and the online ads and the summits and evergreen funnels and live webinar funnel. You name it, I've tried it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those strategies are beneficial and useful after you have list building habits in place. But I've met a lot of coaches who ran a summit. They spent about 450 hours producing this summit. And that yeah. sounds bananas, but that's actually about how long it takes. <laughs> and then they end up with maybe 600 new subscribers on their list. And not even half of those people are really viable, like buyers. So, and then they're devastated because they just spent 90 days totally focused on a summit and it didn't, it didn't change their business overnight. Mm -hmm. I've seen a similar thing happen with uh, five day challenges. I 
really tried to crack the online advertising code for a couple of years and it just never really landed for me. And it was all this time and money wasted. So what I have found is by focusing on a routine of list building, then if you do want to build on that and run a summit or a five-day challenge or these other things, the stakes are not so high. And you can, and, and those, we'll call them list building events, are supplemental. They're not going to make or break your business. So I say, and I don't care if you're brand new or if you've been doing this for a long time, I want to encourage all of your listeners to actually audit <laughs> when they look at their daily or weekly actions. Do those actions reflect list building as a priority? And if I don't have my eyes on this, we talked about the scorecard earlier, list building falls to the wayside in a snap because it's kind of annoying. <laughs> So I'd love to just share a few list building habits that I think are very easy to do. And when that routine is in place, you can find pretty easily that you're attract that you're adding a couple hundred subscribers to your list every single month. Let's go. Okay, Let's cool. Go. Let's I'm do it. Uh, I think you're going to like this first one because you're the partnership guy. But hands down, my favorite list building habit is coordinating lead magnet swaps. So that's basically where you and I will pick a week and you'll promote my lead magnet to your list and I'll, I'll promote your lead magnet to my list. So it's a win, win, win. I'm going to get aligned subscribers. You're going to get aligned subscribers and our subscribers are going to get a valuable free resource. So yeah. I recommend that every coach practice two lead magnet swaps every single month. To lead my, so to build on that, mm -hmm. is there something that uh, from your vantage point, uh, you would suggest people to be aware? Uh, and uh, for everyone, you know, lead magnet for, for people that are new, mm. something free that you can give to your list that you can give away, PDF, a video, whatever it's going to be, that they get, you get their email and, and, and their name and their email, maybe the phone number if you want, but it's not op it's very optional. So that's a lead magnet swaps. From the swap, is there something that we need to be aware of that to make it work well? Yeah. Um, number one, you will have the best conversion rate reaching out to coordinate lead magnet swaps if you take the time to make your request really personal. So this is not a cut and paste. I'm going to just use us as an example here, right? Yeah. Whether I know you or not, if I'm cutting and pasting a generic message, Simone, I love, I love what you're doing in the world. There we go, right? I can tell that what you do makes a, a, a big impact and I'd love to coordinate a lead magnet swap. That's, you're not going to say yes to that. Right. No, but no, if I'm I, going to delete the email. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Away, away. You're not even going to bother to tell me no. You're nope. right. Delete. Right? But if I take the time to listen to your podcast, take the time maybe to connect with you on Instagram or whatever, or subscribe to your YouTube channel and leave a few comments and then reach out and pinpoint specifically what's cool about your approach why I think more people need to know about it and how I think we can support each other in getting your message out. That's a totally different vibe. Completely. So slowing the outreach down enough uh, to increase your conversion rate is the number one thing to look out for. The other thing that comes to me is 
a no is a no. It's not a, how dare you ever ask me, right? You're blacklisted from my life. (laughs) It really is not personal at all. So if we can just get in the habit of reaching out consistently and trusting that the, that the aligned partnerships will step forward, then uh, we will survive yeah, in the world. I love it. Yeah. Some, you know, sometimes it's just not the right fit. Yeah. Or the and right timing. It. Or the right or... timing. I've already, I'm already committed to a launch mm-hmm. plan or to other partnership promotions and I cannot fit your, yours in, yeah. but keeping the, let's keep in the loop. Like sometimes uh, I had uh, some webinars that I did with joint venture partners and mm-hmm. for three years, nothing happened. We kept in touch. They said, no, no, no. And then I said, hey, how about now? No, no, no. And then they contacted me and they said, hey, we got some opening. Do you want to come? Right. Like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was unexpected. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This, this happens. Okay, so lead magnet swap is the first one. I love yep. it. Yep. Second one. So another one is a daily DM strategy. So I, Instagram is my social media marketing platform of choice. My, my team and I are in the habit, every new follower, right, gets a, this is not a bot, this is us, right, gets a personal greeting and we ask them a question, right? So I'm really good at helping coaches find clients on demand and run a business that really aligns with their values. Which topic are you more interested in? I'd love to tag you on some posts. So you follow me. We're going to like tag you on content that's totally relevant to what it is you want to learn. And once we've done that, we'll circle back and say, hey, we've got this quiz for coaches to help you really identify the next step in your business. Would you like me to send you the link? And that has about a 35% conversion rate. Mm -hmm. And we're spending less than an hour a day just building that personal connection with the people who are seeking us out or following us on Instagram. I love it. Uh, caveat to this, or not caveat, scenario. Yeah. What do you do? Because uh, I'm assuming you are not sending uh, all the DMs. So there mm-hmm. might be uh, someone in your team that does it. Mm-hmm. What's the scenario when you meet someone that you already have a relationship with? Let's say you go and speak at an event and they see you. So you actually have context. They follow you. Mm-hmm. And then your team steps in. Do you have something to manage that or they're just like they don't mind and they will receive the same message? Yeah, that's such a good question. I try to live a pretty simple life and we could so get in the weeds, right? On And, and then my team isn't able to actually do their job because they're worried about every new follower and they've got to ping me and find out, do I know these yeah, people? Yeah. And it can be a bit of a nightmare. So instead... We use the problem as the solution. This is like one of our mantras. So what that means is the mistake can actually be turned into like to the apology or the excuse or the motivation. So let's Mm. pretend you follow me on Instagram. Melissa on my team sends you the DM and you're like, oh, hey, it's me. We just talked this morning. I was on your podcast. How dare you? You don't remember me? (laughs) So then the team just reaches out and says, oops, my bad. This is Melissa, right? Of course, like I recognize your name now. Let me know if you still want the info. And it's just like no skin off anybody's nose. It really hasn't been a problem when we own the mistake and don't don't even really apologize for it. Just like speak into it and everybody can move on. Mm. 
And what would you say to those people that are feeling uh, a bit, uh, um, not uncomfortable, but I've heard this conversation about having someone else uh, in mm. r- responding messages like it was you. Mm-hmm. I'll say, oh, but it's not authentic or it's not real because I'm mm-hmm. thinking that I'm having a conversation with you and actually someone else. What would you say to that person that is ready to grow, is ready to scale, but because of that, now they're holding themselves back? Yeah. So there is a time in our DM funnel where the baton does get handed off to me. But in that initial intro, I have worked very hard with Melissa. She's our uh, social media manager to formulate what is the routine? What what is it that we say? Like, what is the message here so that it can actually be authentic? And now I'm delegating that. And here's why. If it was still on my plate, that person who just followed me on Instagram is not going to get the valuable content that they're seeking because there aren't enough hours in the day. So by delegating this, we're actually being of better service to the people in in my universe. I'm with you. I love it. I love the way way you you, you turned it because uh, that's, that's the reality. Yeah. For, if you think if you if you want to to grow and scale and uh, you, you you will not be able to handle the conversation that you will have at some point. Yeah. And if you are able to handle all the conversation, it means that they're not enough. Um, <laughs> so that's it. then we can yeah. go another another yeah. rabbit hole. Okay. And there's a fine so. line because Melissa's not pretending to be me. Yeah. She wouldn't say, "Hey, I'm Dallas," and like, "Here's my question for you." Question. Yeah. 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 I love it. Okay, so uh, list, uh, lead magnet swaps. Uh, yes. DMs. Uh, yeah. Do you have another one? Yeah, so two lead magnet swaps a month, a mm-hmm. DM strategy daily, like set a timer for 15 minutes, mm-hmm. right? Easy breezy. Another one, and this one's so obvious that it, when I thought of it, it kind of made me mad, right? And that is maybe it's every, if you're emailing weekly, maybe it's every eight weeks. Like you'll fill in feel into what feels aligned for you, but it's actually asking your email subscribers to forward a subscription, like a newsletter subscription link to their friends who would benefit from the content that you're putting out. Oh, I'm not doing it. You're not? (laughs) No, I'm not. So put my hand up there. I'm not doing it. I'm definitely going to do it after this episode. You know what? It's too easy. So none of us have thought of this because like, doesn't it have to be a complicated funnel, right? But imagine just asking your newsletter, like, can you think of two people who would benefit from getting this email every Thursday? Please copy and paste this link and send it to them. Ah, Yeah. So fun. Yeah. Do Do you have another way? Yeah, sure. So, um, podcast pitching, that's a little bit of a heavier lift and definitely longer lead time. But if your goal is visibility, getting good at guesting on podcasts will really help with that. It's a big confidence builder. And then the last one, again, is a little bit more on the obvious side, but I think we spend so much time nurturing people and not enough time actually inviting them to take the next step. So I would love to challenge all of your listeners to actually audit every piece of content they put out last month. 
how many of those things clearly identify a next step, whether that's to DM you, whether that's to reply back, whether that's to get on your email list. So for us, we make sure we're putting out six pieces of content on social every week. We make sure that half of those are inviting people to take the, to opt into our lead magnet. And when we don't, it's actually on a checklist on our content sheet every week. If we don't have it on the checklist, we forget to do it because we just get, I, I'll speak for myself, get so focused on putting content out that I can forget the point of putting content out, which is to build your authority, right? And to grow your email list. Mm -hmm. So could you play the game of making sure that let's just say 50% of everything you're putting out online has an explicit call to action to invite folks to get on your email list. Can you give an example of how that call to action would look, could look like in one of your posts? Yeah. So there's two I'd love to give. One is more subtle, right? But sometimes we're too subtle. If we save the CTA to be the last line in an Instagram caption, no one's reading it. So I have a lead magnet. That's this uh, this coach's superpower quiz, and it helps coaches identify what they're naturally good at and how they can leverage that to take the next step in their business. So a CTA there could be a post about connection, which is one of the superpowers. And in the caption, like, is connection your superpower? Find out at the link in my bio. It's a 60-second quiz. So really leading with that call to action rather than burying it somewhere. Mm -hmm. I have a friend. Her name is Sophia Para. This is, again, something so obvious. She does she does this on her Instagram stories as well as in her feed. Her emails, let's say they go out on Tuesdays. On Monday, she'll in her story say, hey, tomorrow I'm sending out an email about algorithm changes. Here's a highlight of what we're going to talk about. If you want this email, you got to make sure to get on my list today because it goes out tomorrow at noon. Ah, oh, I like Duh, it. It's so, I like it. It's like, so good, right? Particular for podcasts or if you're sharing something, could be like on a, a, an article mm -hmm. or longer pieces of content. Ooh, I like it. So let's let's recap this okay. uh, these this five ways that we've Great. shared. Let's, let's give a recap now. Okay. So two lead magnet swaps a month, 15 minutes a day, DMing people, inviting them to opt in. We've got podcast pitching. We've got 50% of every of your content has a call to action. And then this last one, which is using your content as a lead magnet, highlighting whatever you're sending out in the email this week in on your social strategy and inviting folks um, to opt in. Oh, we almost forgot too, asking your email subscribers to uh, share yeah. to share your emails with the people they know who could benefit. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you have no excuses now not to grow your <laughs> list. Yeah. When we told before in preparation of the of the episode and she mentioned what would these options were, I said yes, 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 double yes, triple yes, because it's simple. It's not requiring a professional degree in digital marketing. Mm -hmm. You can do that. And it moves the needle. That's yeah. the important thing. Because... You can't only rely on launches. I mean, you can't. Who am I to say, well, you, well, you can't. Yeah. Can yeah. But I don't like personally relying only on launches mm -hmm. because uh, if it goes well, awesome. If it doesn't go well, then you got to pick up the pieces. But if you have a daily habit and daily routine of attracting clients, building your list, building your list, 
convert them into clients, building your list. Now the launch is a, is a top up. Yes. That becomes, that becomes the game changer. So Dallas, it has been, I love this episode. And I have one more question before sure. I let you go. Uh, the question is how many emails do you send to your list uh, on a weekly basis? What's your routine? Yeah, we send two. So um, I have podcast episodes that drop on Sunday. So Sunday, we ha we highlight the podcast. Um, and then Thursday is more of a a nurture email to our list. So Sundays and Thursdays. Yeah. Sundays and Thursdays. Is that mm -hmm. any particular reason why two, no less, no more? It's just personal or is there a strategy behind it? Yeah, I've tested a lot of things right? I've tested the daily email strategy. And for me, I love storytelling in my emails. So any more than two, and I'm kind of maxed out myself, right? Yes. <laughs> and one for me, especially since we launched the podcast, I can't get it. I can't say everything I want to say in just one email a week. So two has felt manageable. And again, this goes back to habits. I would rather send one email out every week, then like one or every three weeks, right? Or three in a week. And then I lose steam and again. Nothing. So, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm a hundred percent with that. I got to the point where I feel weird now. I've been sending an email a day for the past five years mm -hmm. and I feel weird if I don't write my email in the morning yeah. or if I don't write my email on the day. And there has been, uh, you know, some people say, oh, but you email too much. And uh, other people, they open it consistently. Yeah. So financially, I'm, I'm happy with a one email, one email a day because when I reduced it, mm -hmm. the only thing that changed is that I made less money. That was the only thing that changed. Same number of unsubscribers, same things. I'm like, okay, so I'll keep doing it. But at the same time, it wasn't done overnight. Yeah. I built it over a period of six to uh, about eight years where I started with one email a month. Then I was like, okay, yeah. let's now put it to one email a week. Then I got into the habit of two emails a week. Then I got into the habit of three emails a week. And then I built that muscle. So now it's natural. But make it sure, as Dallas said, to have a sustainable regime for you. Is that an email a week? Great. Is that two emails a week? Fantastic. But make it sustainable for you. Uh, Dallas, we yeah. got to wrap up here. We're almost out of time, and I could talk with you for hours, really. Um, this has been, been super I fun. Love this app. Yeah, I, I absolutely 100%. I love this conversation. <laughs> People want to reach out to you to say, I need more Dallas in my life. Yeah. <laughs> where, they, where can they go? What, what yeah. can they do? The easiest place to go is Instagram. My handle is Dallas Travers Biz Mentor. Um, I also, you know, I we're talking about list building, so let me practice what I preach here. I built a quiz for coaches. It's called the Coaches Superpower Quiz. And what we did was really look at how you can leverage your own strengths to take your business, like take the next step in your business. Um, and the link to that is dallastravers.com slash quiz. DallasTravers.com forward slash quiz. Yep. That's the link to check out. Also, if you want to connect with Dallas, all the social media, their Instagram, the links are going to be in the show notes. So scroll down and you will find it. Or if you're watching on YouTube, then uh, is going to be in the description. Uh, Dallas, any final message from you to wrap up this uh, conversation that, that we had today? Yeah, you know, think big, start small, stay steady. That's really the secret to building the business that you're really proud of is yes, you can have your big dreams and goals and what are the daily actions that will take you there? Uh, love it. 
thank you dallas thank you for being on the show really appreciate it ladies and gentlemen thank you for watching or thank you for listening again if you're not subscribed make sure you subscribe and also send i'm, I'm gonna say like share this episode with someone <laughs> that <Yes>. uh, <laughs> um, that could benefit from this particular topic and leave us a great review because this episode deserves it a hundred percent i will leave a review if i could but uh, I'm, I'm running the show so i'm <laughs> to my, I, I, I got, I got them definitely on the, on that side. Until next time, always remember: together we grow exponentially. Ciao. Bye. Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week, we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us and that's how we, you can help us grow the show. Also remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially. <laughs>